fucking master! After all we've been through, it can't be for nothing. There's no halfway with this. We finished what we started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Brickmasters podcast, a spoiler filled recap show for the hit HBO series, The Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And with me is my wonderful co-host, media studies professor, Dr. Veronica Paredes. How are you? Chris, I'm here and I have a pun. I wrote it. Let's hear it. Sleep last night. Okay, you ready? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Why was Ellie's mom looking for a new home at the start of this episode? I don't know. Why was she? Because her place didn't have mushroom for a, nur- a nursery. <laughs> I kind of flubbed all that right. last line. But that is all right. There's mushroom, mushroom. Uh, that is okay. You kind of you kind of uh, stumbled on the. I know. Like it's Rock. hard to be a comedian. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, isn't it? I know. It's not so easy. Like people think it is, mom. I, I know. I know. I flubbed it. Oh and well. Black Twitter. <laughs> you get the gist <laughs> where I was going. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that was good. I like that one. I like. Thank it. you. It was good. Thank you. Yeah. Oh man, episode nine. Look for the light. Um, written by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, directed by. Ali Abbasi, a pregnant Anna, places her trust in a lifelong friend. Later, Joel and Ellie near the end of their journey. Veronica, what are your overall thoughts on this episode, the way it ended? As a person who has not played the video game, mm-hmm. what do you what did you think of this series? What do you think? What did you think of season one? Yeah. Well, okay. The season, season on a whole, great, great, really well done. Um, Sans alone, even without um, playing the game. Uh, This episode is interesting, you know, for a season that's done so great with pacing and like uh, going in and out about how to do the adaptation between the video game and the TV show, you know, even though I haven't played the game, it's kind of there as a text to think about. Uh, this episode felt short. I do feel like that. I do feel like with some of the um, reception around it. Yeah, it was 44 it, minutes. Yeah. I mean, objectively, it was short. Mm. Um, and I do feel like I I think it hit all the beats. It's very efficient. It did what it had to do to end the season. Um but yeah, I did want a little bit more at certain moments when you talk about it. But I, overall, great season, good end. Uh, I did want a little more in this episode. Now, when you say a little more, what do you mean? What do you mean by? Specifically, yeah. I think that could have spent more time with Anna in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, or weaved it into the episode, the Anna scenes. I'm not sure um, how it would have worked. Um the kind of I uh, really enjoyed some of the scenes like the giraffe scene mm-hmm. or like some time with Joel, you know, um, yeah. 
between the decision that he he makes um, at the end of the episode, at the end of the season. There are certain moments where I think I would have wanted more time and added beats into the episode. Um, yeah, but it's not like a... I always think it's maybe a bit better to have less and want for more than to have too much and, sure. you know, lose interest. Now, I would agree with you with more Anna, with more Ashley Johnson. I think she's great. She um, voiced and mocapped Ellie for both games. Really talented actress. She does a lot of like live action stuff too, but uh, she was just really good. I could just tell. We'll get we'll get into it a little bit, but like, what if I told you that you actually did get more of Joel and Ellie more than what you got in the game? And I believe Joel- that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I could sense that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really spelling things out. <laughs> they will you'll we'll get to it, but they were really <laughs> spelling things out. And uh, making the the creators were really making their case. I see. Okay. Well, then receive this episode. But yeah. 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 Well, that's interesting. So we'll point to those where that was already extended. Yeah. yeah. And, but I would say that a lot of the things that I was thinking about, like it's interesting because even though I think they they're they want to shift us towards having a certain kind of feeling. They also laid down a few breadcrumbs for how Joel's decision would play out, how, how Joel, how Joel would act Hmm. by the end of the season. And especially with, with Bill's letter, you know, uh, you know, anybody, what is it? Uh, Did I, I don't know if I copied it or I, oh my God. I didn't know I was going to bring it up this fast. Mm-hmm. Bill's but, letter to Joel. Yeah. It, uh, at the end of episode three. Yeah. Um, I, I do but, want to mention why you're looking for that is that uh, Ashley Johnson is interesting. Um, uh, just the actor. I know that people have really close relationships with her and her development of Ellie. He has a character. She's a child actor. I mean, I don't know if you remember her from Growing Pains. Yeah. Um, sure. But she was a kid actor. Show me the smile again. <laughs> Alan Thicke's Beautiful God Rest His Soul, one of the greatest TV uh, jingle writers slash singers from different strokes to uh, Growing Pains. Oh, yeah. Family. I don't know if he did Family Ties, but he might have. I don't know. But he did a lot. He did a lot. What was his name again? Say it again. Alan Thick. He played the dad. Oh, okay. No, I thought you were talking about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking about the uh, the the music themes, the intros. Well, that, I mean, he did. That's what he did. What? He also, he also did that. <laughs> what? Yeah. I didn't. I don't think I knew that. He did. Wow. Okay. That's that's why really... I say that that Fifty Cent at least in in. In the African American community, I would say that Fifty Cent is the closest thing we have to uh, Alan Thicke as far as like writing the theme songs, really good theme songs to TV shows for Power and uh, Got it. The Power yeah. franchise, and and now and more recently BMF. 
Mm-hmm. So. That's just wild, though, that I hadn't realized that, uh, yeah, he was a theme song composer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Different strokes and facts of life. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to find that. Okay. What was at the end of the... Okay. This is what I want. This is just the part that I... Uh... Oh, the part where Bill tells Joel, he says, when he talks about, I saved him, meaning Frank, he said, and I, I protected him. That's why men like you and me are here. We have a job to do, and God help any motherfuckers who stand in our way, meaning everybody in that Salt Lake City hospital. Yeah, every firefly. Except that uh, Joel encountered. Yeah, so, I mean, we knew what was coming. I knew what was coming, obviously, but I, I think, you know, it. you'd be hard-pressed to find a person that, you'd be surprised that would be surprised at how Joel acted towards the end of the, of the, of season one. No, that's true. That's true. I guess it was more. So if it wasn't that, then maybe, yeah, it would have been, uh, they were, took so, so much care throughout the series, throughout the season of filling out these villains, mm-hmm. filling out um, Kathleen uh, played by Melanie Linsky. And then, um, right. I don't want to say David because that guy was kind of broad and Sam and Henry. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam and Henry in, I mean, mostly in the Kansas city storyline, right. That there are no villains and there are no heroes. Um, So that, that sketching out and flushing out of those characters would have been nice. Maybe for the fireflies to be a little bit more and Marlene to be given a little bit more time. Maybe Um, if that's, if the Joel kind of thing is already, feeling quite established throughout the whole series right and we get we do get to see a little more of marlene i mean out of all the people that were involved in the the game she's the one she's the character that appears the most and Mm -hmm. uh really i was trying to think like because I need, I'm not a scholar on American dreams and I have to be, I never could, I I never, I never said throughout this podcast that I'm, I'm an expert. I'm just somebody who loves the the franchise, you know, but I'm, I'm not a, a scholar on these American dreams, uh, comic books when they released the last of us part one on PS five last September. Um, I tried to get the limited edition that would give you like you get the four little comic books or whatever, but maybe I'll just buy them from Amazon or something um, yeah. or somewhere. Amazon is not a sponsor. But so these have, are like the prequel comics. Yes. Like before, before we like, before we get to, but like before Ellie meets Joel, mm-hmm. but, but left behind kind of still comes after that. I don't think I don't think left behind because I think I said this in on on our our episode eight, whenever we reviewed uh left behind, they had been to that mall before. Right. I believe. Yeah, they had been to the mall before, and that was in American Dreams. So okay. yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, go ahead. is Marlene more filled out in one of those prequels? Is that what you're saying? Or? I think so. A little, a okay. little bit. And, and then even in the show, I mean, we get, we don't know. I didn't know she did that to, to Anna. Uh, 
I, you kind of figure something happened. You kind of sure. figured that. And, you know, Ellie spelled it out at the end. Uh, we assume that she probably had to take out Riley, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't said in the game. But we're sure that she she had to do that. Um, the first person she kills, the first person she really loved. Right. That's, that's fucked up. And she's got all that survivor's guilt. And um, that kind of plays into what we what we will most likely experience in um subsequent seasons of this show and you will see it in in the game and the way that it's placed in the game is pretty i would say it's pretty masterful out of the out of the clusterfuck the beautiful the beautiful clusterfuck of the last of us part two uh, the messy masterpiece that it is, there's there's still some beautiful shit in there. And it's like, and it just kind of tells you, and we'll, maybe you and I will talk about it. It's hard because I want to talk about it. And I've, I've, Rod and I have talked about it on the, on the pod, on the, you know, on the main feed and throughout just our conversations about whenever it comes up. But, um, yeah, it's it's the more you think about it, it's it's just like, well, the reason his reason is the reason that most people who are parents would do would do that for. And even even our creators in their podcasts were saying, you know, we feel that X that Joel did X and we didn't agree with it, maybe. But uh, what, who was it? Craig Mason said he was uh had his daughter out like on a, for a stroll and a car was playing loud music or something. And it woke his kid up and he wanted to kill the people that were playing loud music. So, I mean, it was a motorcycle or something. Yeah. A motorcycle went by or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think from my my perspective on this point, it's like, um, uh, I watch characters. I, I, on TV shows that do despicable, terrible things. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite shows right now is Succession, and I yeah. love Veep. These are terrible people doing terrible things. I'm not saying that this is that. Like they're kind of supposed to be more relatable and all that. But mm-hmm. if people did the things that I would choose to do, it'd be so boring, and I wouldn't want to watch that. I don't hardly want to take sense? part in my own life. Why would I want to watch that? Say it. Would you um, just say you hardly <laughs> take part in your own life? <laughs> Why would I want to watch someone making these uh, decisions that are you know, not so fun, not entertaining. Uh, just you know, you're so you're so macabre. Come on! <laughs> oh my god! So why would I want to watch that? No, I want to watch people make uh, bad decisions. Yeah. and, You know, make the choice that's going to be more interesting and entertaining than right. the one that I would morally make. Why would I want to watch that? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I mean that's the kind of thing that we've had. You know. Really, I don't know if Tony Soprano started it, but it's around that time and around that time that Mel Gibson had that movie called Payback, where he was a kind of a bad dude. I think that was like around late 90s. And uh, then you start seeing, you know, Walter White and you start seeing, you know, now more recently, you've got uh, what's what's my man from you, uh, Penn Badley, which that's kind of to me, I feel like that's run its course. But right. For some reason, I'm I'm kind of like a completionist, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch 
excuse me, the last five episodes of this thing. Hmm. You kind of just want him to get caught like he would. Like I kind of felt like Dexter should get caught or whatever. Uh, but yeah. for Tony, Tony Soprano, you're like, no, I don't want him to die. You know, some 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 of these guys, some of these antiheroes get uh, outstay their welcome, I think. Some of these do. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, and it's it's all like maybe sometimes you watch it because you really don't like the character. You find them despicable or sometimes you find them despicable, but they're still charismatic. And yeah. you still are interested in what's going to happen and how it's going to play out. That's like the relationship with Jeremy Strong playing Kendall, you know, mm-hmm. Kendall Roy. And one of the, my favorite lines from Succession is when Greg uh, in the last, Cousin Greg in the last episode says, you know, uh, gosh, what's the name of the husband? Why am I forgetting uh, Shiv's husband's name? Uh, um, uh, or uh, Matthew McFadden's character. Um, okay. And anyway, he's saying, you know, what do you want to do? It could be morally ambiguous and morally uh, reprehensible what I'm going to ask you to do. Do you still want to do it with me? And Cousin Greg says, yeah. Um, what do I want a soul for? Souls are boring. And it's yeah. just like, that is, um, you know, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch whatever action comes after a line like that. Sure. Of course. Yeah. And it's coming at the end of, towards the end of this month. So. Yeah. Something to look forward to. So we're trying to come up with the hopeful things that we'll be able to watch after this is done because this season's over and, you know, there's a little bit of a dip in energy because it's an exciting adaptation, but it's also sad that this uh, kind of leg of the story is, you know, on pause now or has has completed itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into it once more into the breach, Veronica. So we open on we get a cold open we get to kind of book in the first episode uh on a pregnant anna played by ashley johnson running through the woods and as soon as you could hear you could hear her gasping and running through the woods i was like that sounds like ashley johnson because you're so used to, i was for so many hours of playing with her you know you're like okay that's right. ashley johnson it's a voice you know well Yes. And she seems to be in labor and she's running from some, we think more than one infected, but we find out that it's just one. She's running, running from an infected. She runs into a farmhouse. that looks like a safe, safe house. And then there's like a, what do you call that? Like a silo with the firefly emblem on there. And I kind of miss that. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes in there and she says, it's me. Anyone? Nobody's there. She heads upstairs. Her water breaks. She goes into a room and puts a chair behind the door she sits up against the wall and draws her switchblade and infected starts banging on the door and busts through against. And then, uh, she, uh, yep. And Anna kills the runner. And then she looks down. She's given birth to baby Ellie. Ellie's born into trauma and Anna cuts the umbilical cord and holds her. She says to her, yeah, you tell him you fucking tell him, Ellie, you're so tough. And she says, it's okay. I got you. Sweet nothings to um, her her baby girl. Uh, after the credits, we see three people with flashlights walking into the farmhouse. It's Marlene and two dudes, two of her dudes. There's gun. Their guns are drawn, and they search the house. Marlene heads upstairs. She hears Anna singing to baby Ellie 
only one needle drop. She's singing this episode, and you bet your you bet your fucking ass. I have a a Saint Vincent parallel. Everybody, oh, no. that's gonna come towards <laughs> the end. Uh, <laughs> she's singing. She's singing. Uh, the sun always shines on TV by Aha, and uh, that's from their debut album, which also features uh, "Take on Me." And because this song came out in 1985, that means there's trouble. But there's already been trouble. But, you know, it's still the theme. It's still the 80s. Um, All right. Where was I? So the guns are drawn. They sing. And then uh, Marlene heads upstairs. She hears Anna singing that record, that song. And we can see that Anna's bitten. She's been bitten. She tells Marlene that it's not her fault. Marlene says, you know, hey, uh, we got held up at the QZ and um, Anna says she's hungry and she didn't want to and she didn't want to nurse Ellie because she's been bitten. She cut off the uh, umbilical cord before she was bit. She says before and she's lying so that Marlene can take Ellie because she mm-hmm. doesn't want them to think that Ellie's infected. Um, she says, I want you to take her to Boston. Find someone who'll bring her up and make sure that she's safe. Marlene says, I can't do that. Uh, And Anna says, and I want you to give her this. She places the switchblade on Ellie and wraps her in her jacket. Uh, She says, her name is Ellie. Marlene says, I can't. Anna says, how long have we known each other? Marlene says, our whole lives. And Anna says, so you pick her up right now and then you kill me. Anna starts to grunt. She's turning. She's crying. Uh, Marlene says, I can't kill you. And Anna yells after her, please, about three times. Marlene hands the baby to one of her men and tells them to cover her ears. She goes back into the room and she shoots Anna. And baby Ellie starts crying. Marlene takes baby Ellie and holds her. I want to read you something from the game, which is uh, Anna's letter to Ellie. Now we don't we don't get this in the game. We don't get this in the TV show, but we get this. It made me think of this right before we we joined to do this, uh, Veronica. I said, "Why don't I just read this letter and just see what you think about it?" Um, Ellie, this is from this is Anna's letter to Ellie, and you get this when you play as Ellie for the first time in um, at the at the resort. So when you're trying to, you know, fend for Joel, here we go. Ellie, I'm going to share a secret with you. I'm not a big fan of kids and I hate babies. And yet I'm staring at you and I'm just awestruck. You're not even a day old and holding you is the most incredible thing I've done in my life. A life that is about to get cut a little short. Marlene will look after you. There's no one in this world I trust more than her. When the time comes, she'll tell you about me. Don't give her too much of a hard time. Try not to be as stubborn as me. I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty messed up world. It won't be easy. The thing you always have is to remember that. Side one of the note ends there. She says, life is worth living. Find your purpose and fight for it. I see so much strength in you. I know you'll turn out to be the woman you're meant to be. Forever, your loving mother, Anna. Make me proud, Ellie. And then once you put the, it's a collectible that you have. And then once you finish reading it, Ellie says, I'm trying to make you proud. 
that she says it to herself, you know, to her mom, to herself. Um, your thoughts, Veronica, on this letter and the opening uh, two scenes? Yeah. You know, I think it makes sense not to have included the letter. And, you know, Ashley Johnson says in that the official podcast that she had it mm-hmm. as like her backstory. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it, it's it's smart to it makes sense within the context of the game to include that. Um right this presence in the way that they're able to write um, Anna's story into the season finale makes a lot of sense. That baby actor, which I guess it was two twins. It was, well, a pair of twins, okay. two babies. Right. Um, I thought they were CGI babies. These were good baby actors, man. I was they very impressed really- by these babies. They did a yeah. really great job. Um, I don't know who's going to put their baby <laughs> a job like this Getting not to judge money. not to judge those parents but well, they, gosh. Don't they don't remember well you know they don't remember what's going on oh so that makes it fine of course it's <laughs> the last of us bro what are we doing what are we talking about it's the last of us all right like the nirvana well, baby i guess i guess but uh these babies the baby who I was... played a, the late great uh Biggie Smalls and then uh, sure that's like a toddler. These feel like to- this, these babies, if they were I they're convincing. Um, you know, a, more convincing as newborns than the usual baby actors that you see. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. And they were just like really I, I was very impressed by the baby yeah. acting that they were able to get. Um so these scenes, just like uh, Ashley Johnson, it, it's amazing. I would have liked to have spent a lot longer with uh, Ashley Johnson and Merle uh, Dandridge yeah. in these scenes. Um, um, yeah, it was it was great. It, um, yeah. I, I love uh, I love those flashbacks. I, it's really it's really cool, and I I felt like oh shit, all right, it, just things how they kind of mirror and bookend each other like you see it i i love that i think that's the thing that i loved about lost a lot more than mm-hmm. uh, the, i love that about lost the most even though they didn't know what the fuck they were doing you know they did that right you know what i mean the witch i i didn't watch lost you didn't watch well lost was um lost would do this thing where you know you know the premise of the show yeah. right island but with supernatural shit uh they take an episode sometimes and spend on a on a character what their life was like before the plane crash i see okay yeah and and it was so compelling that it was done so well that now that you're with this person in their present day you root for them or you don't you know what i mean like you 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 feel more emotionally uh connected and emotionally invested in that character yeah. So um I really I I mean I really Ashley Johnson to me just spending all that time playing with the game with her voice and stuff like that and it just seems like her personality is she's like super charming and her presence yeah. is kind of like really it seems like she has a really good aura about her. Yeah. Um like a fun like a fun elementary school teacher, I guess. I don't know. I mean, there's just so much chemistry that they're already like there's so much repertoire that they're already building on between the actors. Yeah. Between Ashley Johnson and Merrill Dandridge, having right. Merrill Dandridge have played 
having played Marlene in the game. So you just have that intimacy immediately between the actors. You have that intimacy between the form, the players of the game and Ashley Johnson, like you're describing their relationship with Ellie through her. So there's just so much richness that they have to draw from as um, writers and creators in that relationship. That's like pretty special. Like we don't get that in um, a kind of, uh, series like this otherwise you know yeah. so there's just so much to mind there um and you know yeah I, that's this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode uh yeah. was the cold open was the uh anna uh bonding with baby ellie and then i i do feel it between marlene and anna i would have liked more because I, I i don't feel i feel like there is a lot of richness that went kind of like untapped a little bit in the short scene yeah, because Anna was a nurse and uh, they knew each other for a long time. It's just I think it just it just goes to show you how like we, we've we talked about. I, I kind of made fun of, but like different perspectives and you get to see like, well, what if you swing the camera over to this person, this nurse who's in 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 distress, giving birth to a baby in this time? uh being chased by infected you know so it's like what's her life like what was it like before and and uh yeah just the fact that you know she it's the right person ashley johnson's the right person to give birth to this uh tv ellie you know and the way the knowingness of like knowing that journey saying you know i got you you tell him ellie like and it, it was like a beautiful moment you know yeah yeah like you just come in and do that small part that's what they mean when they say there's no small parts just small actors but there are small parts i've played several of them (laughs) but chris the actor is not it's it's but i'm just saying you're a giant though chris yeah i'm a big dude yeah (laughs) no i didn't mean it literally i mean it symbolically and the power that you carry on your performance oh sure yeah anyway but yeah, no, it's it was just like a beautiful. I fucking loved it, and that, yeah. and that's why I don't want to harp on it. But then we got to get through this. But like, you're absolutely right. Like, it's like, man, it's something about the way that shit is shot, the color of her dress, the the forest. It just looks great, and you yeah. want about 15, 20 minutes on her. Yeah, because both of those scenes, it's at the thirteen minute mark, and that includes the previews and all those things. I don't think. Yeah, that's so short. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah. Those, both those scenes. That includes the um, credit sequence. So right. I don't know. It also is like, it's so perfect. Like, you know, you think about Bitter Call Saul and the way that they were able to uh, cast, you know, you knew that actor too that played. Oh my God. Yeah. What's the main character of Better Call Saul? Played by uh, Ray Seaborn. Oh, Ray um, Seaborn. Okay. Uh, shit. Anyway, her, the person who you knew that played the mother oh yes that yes oh god beth character. hoyt that played her mother yes yes the great beth hoyt uh-huh. i mean that's just by chance that you found right. somebody that like resembles the actor mm-hmm. uh in like physicality and face and all those things yeah um this is like so special and that kind of like cut that we're about to go to between El- baby ellie to you know 14 year old ellie it's just like part of that kind of pacing and the editing. I understand why they want to get on with it, but right. I could have spent a little longer 
Because like, we're only going to show you this, yeah. and this is what you can pull yeah. from that character. Why she's like this in current day? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Ashley Johnson, and it also made me feel like this episode. I was more like I f- liked Merle Dandridge. It, Marlene felt a little more lived in. Like, just, I don't know if it was something they had going on with her wig in that first episode that was, like, weird. Uh, I don't yeah, know. the age Marlene weird. is not as good. This is so great. Yeah, she does look better in this episode generally. Yeah. Um, And then even, like, in this flashback, yeah, she just generally, the hair and makeup looks a lot better. Yeah, because um, Merle Dandridge is beautiful. I mean, the, the scene between the two, they are, you yeah. know, yeah, they're both beautiful people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, she is, and I want to spend more time. Yeah, it's just like this, 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 uh, the flashback and that last sequence before Joel, you know, Joel, he turns into Joel Wick or uh, Nasty Man. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's a nasty man, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> All right, so we cut to present day Ellie sitting in the back of an old pickup truck looking pensive. Joel is calling after her. She doesn't, she doesn't hear him. And he, she finally, he finally gets her attention. He found some beef aroni and, uh, excuse me, the board game boggle. And so if you want to, he says something like, if you want to beat me in something, you can beat me in this. And they're getting in, getting in close to the hospital. Joel puts that in his pack. You kind of see him do that in the video game all the time. When you play as Joel, he raided an RV and found that stuff. And he tells her that they had they had a guitar in the RV, but it was smashed up. He says, but it got him thinking, maybe he should find one and teach her. And he says, uh, he bet she'd be great at it. Ellie's still a bit out of it. And then uh, then says, yeah, that'd be great. And they continue walking. Joel says, okay, so this is what I'm thinking. Ellie says, cut through the build, cut through that building uh, around that stuff and uh, find a skyscraper, go up and look around. Joel says, actually, this time I was thinking we'd blast our way through the rubble. I found some dynamite in that RV back there. Ellie says, really? Joel says, no. So we're just going to cut through that building, find a skyscraper, and look around. But I had you going, didn't I? You know, I thought that was pretty funny. Then they head in the building. There's no way up. Joel finds a way to get up via a ladder. If he gets Ellie up there, she can, you know, drop the ladder down to him and he can climb up. Um, Ellie's on the other side of the room, not paying attention. <coughs> Excuse me. Joel asks if she's okay. Ellie says, yeah, I'm fine. Joel says, it's just, you kind of seem extra quiet today. Ellie says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Joel says, no, it's fine. Did you hear what I, Ellie says? Yeah. Boost. Got it. He boosts her up just like they do in the video game. She passes him the ladder and she sees something as she's passing the ladder and she drops the ladder and Joel's like, what's going on? Then she runs uh, runs away. Joel fumbles with the ladder. Ellie says, you got to see this. Joel says, stay right there. Up here, Ellie says. She's ahead of him running up the stairs. And we see a giraffe. It's a giraffe. Joel and uh, gives takes off some leaves and gives it to Ellie so she can feed it. Now, in the game, they pet the giraffe. Uh, but in this one, Ellie feeds it, uh, feeds it the leaves. And uh, this, to me, in the video game, it was one of the most beautiful moments that I've ever seen in a in a, a video game. Um, 
so then uh joel they finish that the giraffe moves away goes away uh joel says so is it everything you hope for they're looking out uh on the landscape of salt lake city uh ellie says it's got his ups and downs but you can't deny that view which is a callback to episode two joel says look i don't know exactly where this hospital is uh ellie says yeah we'll find it joel says sure it's just maybe there's nothing bad out there but so far there's always been something bad out there ellie says we're still here though joel says i know i'm only saying that there's risk message because he loves her we don't have to do this i just want you to know that ellie says what do you mean what else are we supposed to do joel says nothing we just go back to tommy's we forget about the whole damn thing ellie says after all we've been through after everything i've done it can't be for nothing i know you mean well i know you want to protect me you have and when we're done we'll go wherever you want tommy's sheep ranch the moon i'll follow you anywhere you go but there's no halfway with this we finish what we started and then joel nods your thoughts on these uh this sequence veronica yeah the giraffe scene is another one of my favorite scenes of this episode um and i can see i wonder if the cgi looking giraffe look the same cgi as the video game it's pretty interesting uh how it looks but i was gonna say that you know this also reminds me of um chernobyl and those kinds of scenes where after humanity has left because of all the damage it's caused with the nuclear um shutdown um and kinds of um you know toxic uh environments that humanity has created Uh it returns to nature right and this kind of who knows how these giraffes <laughs> ended up here uh, in Salt Lake City, but here they are, and it's a family of them. Probably and a just, zoo. Probably a zoo or something. And then, like, you know how they keep saying just nature continuing to go on as humanity dwindles? And I think that's that's another, like, message to how, how we're just these, like, tiny things. Yeah, you know, the timeline of the universe is much greater than our than the humanity's dominance over it um and just that uh the the tongue of the giraffe it's my favorite part actually specifically (laughs) the giraffe eating the the leaves from uh ellie who you know in her lifetime had never seen never been to a zoo imagine whereas joel you know had probably seen a giraffe at a zoo and knew that they were um peaceful enough to be able to feed um, so yeah, I think this kind of overgrown space of that building and the the giraffe is, is pretty lovely. Um, and the, you know, I felt uncomfortable Joel trying to like uh, them switching roles and Joel trying to like get her attention and you know get distract her and make her feel better. Um, it was kind of like uh, uncomfortable. So the fact that you know nature is able to provide that moment was really. Mm-hmm. good really well done i thought yeah i want to think about i want i want your thoughts and remember i hope i don't forget but when we're done i want you to i want to think about like you know what ellie told him you know i'll follow you wherever you know after mm-hmm. we do got to do 
I want to, I just want to remember, like, you know, when we think about what Joel did, Ellie didn't know that she would have to die for this. Sure. You know? So I want to, I kind of want you to want you to think about that or make a little note yeah. and see if we can like talk about that towards the end. Yeah. Um. So they continue walking through Salt Lake City. Looks a lot like the game. They did a really great job with that. I, I think they did a bang up job. Um, Ellie it says, is this a Fedra thing? Joel says, no, the army. Emergency medical camps obviously didn't last. They had me in one just like this. Ellie says, with Sarah? Joel says, no, she was gone already. Ellie says, so what's wrong with so what's what was wrong with you? And Joel says, it's for this. He points to the scar on his head. Ellie says, oh, the guy who shot and missed. I figured that would have happened later. Uh, Joel says, no, second day. Ellie says, well, I've got to hand it to the Army people. They were way better at stitching you up than I was. Joel says, it was me. I was the guy who shot and missed. He tried to kill himself. This is not in the game. Joel's a fucking cuck. And uh, what? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I was just trying to see he's weak. No, I'm surprised that they went there. Um, I want to know your thoughts on that. But anyway, I was like, that's this is like eh, surprised the hell out of me. But there's a moment that someone pointed to on YouTube where you know, like somebody, you know, like somebody you you walk up on a, a body and there's somebody that probably killed themselves. And then Joel was like, it's not easy to do to do that, to take your life, take your own life. Anyway, that was me trying to tell a joke. He is not a weak man. Thank you. All right. Uh, there's no story. Uh, Sarah, Sarah died and I couldn't see the point anymore. And I wasn't scared. I was ready. I couldn't have been more ready than when I. When I went to pull the trigger, I flinched. Still don't know why. Anyway, the reason anyway, the reason I'm telling you all this, Ellie says, I know why you're telling me all this. Joel says, yeah, I reckon you do. Ellie says, so time heals all wounds, I guess. And Joel says, it wasn't them that did it. Then, sobbing uncontrollably. And then Ellie says, well... I'm glad it didn't work out. Joel says, me too. We should probably get going. Joel says, yeah. So, okay, we'll we'll push on a slightly more, a slightly further, whoever I'm bad at in words. Joel says, you know what I'm in the mood for? Shitty puns. Mm-hmm. Ellie indulges him and starts you know, telling puns that Joel critiques. Until someone from behind throws a smoke bomb at their feet. It's the fireflies. We start hearing ringing noises. Uh, smoke surrounds them. They grab Ellie and one of them knocks Joel out with the butt of his gun. A rifle, I presume. Everything goes white. Uh, your thoughts on this little moment here. This uh, sit down that Joel has with Ellie. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, as we dissect the episode, uh, I see the paces and how they're they have this moment of vulnerability. The giraffe breaks through the ice that's kind of um, solidified between them through uh, Ellie's trauma, and Joel is trying to you know thaw it, um, but it takes that giraffe that moment that accident for it to actually an opening to come. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, in the 
official podcast, they're talking about how this banter and this kind of teasing or this kind of back and forth is truly them like saying, I love you to one another. Yes. Um, that's heavy for a kid. The thing about like, it wasn't time that healed it. Right. I mean, yeah. What's that? It was you, you know, I was like, yeah. Yeah. And it's still that kind of now for as much as they reveal on this show, like we see Joel cry in episode seven, we see him talk about killing himself in this Mm -hmm. episode, but at, he couldn't say you saved me. Which I think makes sense because you know no, it like, does. It does yeah. fine, but it's like it still. I mean, validates my premise that these are just like that. These are like this is some cowboy shit. Yeah, like yeah. That, that neo. What did Wikipedia call uh, "No Country for Old Men"? Neo Western or something? The revisionist. Yeah. Huh? A revisionist Western or something that's kind of no. or just a neo noir Western. I'll find it. American neo-Western. Yeah, just a neo-Western. Yeah. Okay. Because that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about this, like, you know, what would fill in the kind of details of things that I was craving a little bit at the end of the episode. And it's definitely not Joel talking more. You know, (laughs) it's not. Because that doesn't seem true to, like, his character. Right. Um, Right. And even, the you know, that's what was so uncomfortable about him, like talking as much as he was in the beginning when he's trying to cheer Ellie up. It's like, yeah. uh, this is not you. This is not well, that, like how you that, would process this. Now weird. that did happen in the game though. He was trying to connect because, you know, re- remember she just murdered uh, David. Yeah. And, and in the game, once you wipe away from that, that sequence, you're in the fall like, I guess, like the fall and then Ellie's staring at a picture of a deer, like a like an art installation, like a piece of art. Uh, and it's a deer and she's she's staring at it. And then Joel is calling after her and he's trying to. You know, he's kind of on that Holden Caulfield shit where he's like, Ellie, hey, you know, I can teach you how to swim. I teach you how to play the guitar and I'm, you know, he's trying. Yeah. He's he's filling it up. Filling it up. So he's trying to do that. But it like, to me, that part seemed a little natural. And they did talk about it on the, on their, on the official podcast where it was like, um, man, she's lost. She's lost her innocence. Which I don't really care for those kinds of narratives generally, or those kinds of framings. Yeah. That, I mean, I think it's a little, it's, simplistic to me it's, it's it's simplistic it's pedestrian and just kind of oh she's lost her but it's just more of like she's not she's not the same yeah never gonna you're never gonna get that back but then at the same time you see she sees that giraffe and that's like um a beautiful moment where it's like she can still recognize beauty um and the fact that like because because Ash, i was glad that ashley johnson was there for that podcast, because she was saying, like, someone said when yeah, Ellie... Both, both the voice actors had different interpretations than the creators had. Right. When they said it's pretty fucking cool, Joel yeah. was kind of sad. I don't think he was sad. I don't think so either. No. And that's, that's just how she talks. Part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, and I don't think that that means anything, really. It's just, like, right. the same as saying, oh, cool. Yeah. Um 
Uh, what I was going to say is, you know, when you were talking about that, it's like uh, Joel's reaction. It's sort of like when a kid falls and you're kind of like waiting of like, oh, my God, are they going to react? Like if they skim their knee or something or if like a delayed reaction. Yeah. And it's so like, oh, my God, are you OK? Like, you know, you kind of like, oh, yeah, let's just distract you with something else. Like da, 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 right. we don't have to think about this pain kind of thing that's happening. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess it does make sense. It's just like. I don't mean that it's bad the way that it's portraying Joel. It's just like, oh, this is danger. This feels like uncomfortable. Like something's not quite right in the dynamic where Joel has to feel like he has to comfort in those ways. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think it's that's – I, I agree with that, the intention of it and what they're trying to do I think is right. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's – it's it's um because, I mean, you know some shit's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. Some shit's going to go down. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I, I agree with you, but it's almost like, cause we still get like in part two, fuck man. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll talk about it off mic, I guess. Cause I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't played mm-hmm. the game. Cause I think people are going to, are probably going to start playing the game. Yeah. And they um, might make different choices. You know, yeah. the creators might make different choices in the adaptation. Yeah. Two. They said that they really were going to stick by. It's going to be two seasons. Season three is. I see. Like season two, like season two, is going to be like half of part one, half of part two, rather. I'm sorry. And it's enough to be because the game's like at least twenty plus hours. Right. Right. So, all right. Okay. So Joel wakes up in the hospital. Marlene says, "Welcome to the Fireflies." And he tries to get up, and she says, easy, you got hit pretty hard. Patrol didn't know who you were. Joel says, where's Ellie? She wasn't hurt, not even a scratch. She's mostly worried about you. Where is she? We lost half our crew crossing the country. I had five men whose only job was to protect me. I still almost got killed. How'd you do it? It was all her. She fought like hell to get here. She would have been dead day one. Goddamn, Marlene. You're the you're the one person I never wanted to be in debt to, but I owe you. We all owe you. Joel says, just take me to her. Marlene says, I can't. She's being prepped for surgery. What surgery? Our doctor. He thinks the cordyceps in Ellie has grown with her since birth. Why is she in surgery? It produces it produces a kind of chemical messenger. It makes normal cordyceps think she's cordyceps. It's why she's immune. He's got to remove it from her, multiply the cells in a lab, produce those chemical messengers, and then we can give it to everyone. He thinks it could he thinks it could be a cure, Joel. A cure. Cordyceps grows inside the brain. It does. Find someone else. There's no one else. We don't we didn't tell her. We didn't want we didn't cause any fear. There won't be any pain. Joel says, no, no. Take me to her. You take me to it right now. A firefly hits him in the stomach and aims the, aims the gun at Joel. Joel says, please, you don't understand. Marlene says, I do. I was here when she was born, Joel. I promised her mother that I would save her child. I promise. So I do understand. I'm the only one who understands. I'm sorry. I have no other choice. Joel says, I do. Walk walk him out. To, Marlene tells her men, Walk him out to the highway, leave him there with his pack, give him this, which is Ellie's switchblade. He tries anything, shoot him. 
All right. Two fireflies start to escort him out. Joel stops and looks at this, a sign on the wall. They're on the fourth floor, cardiology. The hospital has six floors. The fifth floor is labor and delivery, which is maternity. Uh, the fifth floor is labor and, and delivery maternity. The sixth floor is pediatrics and sur- pediatric surgery where Ellie is. One of the fireflies says, I didn't hear anyone. Say, I didn't hear anyone say stop. Joel says, which way? The guy says, down the stairs. He pushes Joel. They head downstairs. Joel stops. Firefly says, the fuck are you doing? Keep walking. Joel turns around and knocks the shit out of the dude, takes his gun, and kills the other guy, other Firefly. He shoots the, that dude in the in the leg and asks, where, where is she? The Firefly says, fuck you. Joel says, I don't have time for this, and shoots him in the head. Then we hear someone over the radio say, shots fired, shots fired. Joel takes Ellie's switchblade, some ammo, and his backpack and starts executing fireflies throughout the whole hospital as we hear the score play. Then he gets to the sixth floor. He gets to pediatrics. He sees doctors working on Ellie. It's, uh, Joel says, unhook her. Doctor says, how did you get in here? Uh, Joel says, I said, unhook her. Won't doctor says, won't let you take her. I won't let you take her. He picks up a scalpel. (laughs) Joel shoots him. There's two nurses. They start screaming. Joel says, move. They unhook her, cover her arm fast. Joel picks up Ellie. And this reminded me, this is my needle drop. This reminds me of St. Vincent's song uh, that was on her self-titled album called, it was was like a B-side. It was called Pieta. We'll talk about that later. But he takes her in the elevator and stares at her and uh, they get to the basement level car garage. Marlene comes out of the darkness with her gun drawn and said, you can't keep her here. You can't keep her safe forever. No matter how hard you try, no matter how many people you kill, she's going to grow up, Joel, and then you'll die. She'll leave. Then what? How long is it till she's torn apart by infected or murdered by raiders in the game? She says raped. Uh, because uh, she lives in a broken world that you could you couldn't that you could have saved. Joel says maybe, but but it isn't for you to decide. Marlene says or you. So what should what would she decide? Because I think she want to do what's right, and you know it. It's not too late. Even now, even after what you've done, we can still find a way. It looks like Joel's considering her. What she said. Then we cut to Joel driving away. Uh, with Ellie in the back seat. Ellie says, what? Joel says, it's all right. You're with me. Take it slow. The drugs are still wearing off. Ellie says, I was with the fireflies. And then what, what drugs? They were running some tests on you and some others. Cut back to the garage with Marlene. Uh, we cut back. Turns out there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot more like you. People that are immune. And he basically, <laughs> he's given Ellie the Aaron Rodgers treatment. Dozens of them. And the doctors, they couldn't make any any of it work. Cut back to the garage where we see Joel shoot Marlene. They've actually, they've stopped looking for a cure. Ellie says, where are my clothes? Uh, I don't think that's in the game. Raiders attacked the hospital. I barely got you out of there. We'll find you some new ones on the way. That's not in the game. Ellie says, were people hurt? Joel says, yes. Is Marlene okay? I'm trying to take it. I'm taking us home. Ellie, who's laying down, turns away from Joel. She knows he's lying. Joel says, I'm sorry. 
back to and we go cut back to the garage after he shoots Marlene and puts Ellie in the back seat of a I think that's a Dodge Durango. Anyway, Ellie uh, puts Ellie back in the car. He goes to Marlene, who's on the ground, begging him to let her go. Joel says, you just come after her. Then he shoots her. Then do you want me to finish reading this or do you want to just keep going? Uh, you want me to stop? I, keep going? I mean, there's not much more, right? There's just a little bit more. Hmm. Then we, okay, then, then we just, we we go see the truck uh, smoking. We Oh, actually, so they're heading back to Jackson. There's a couple of shots showing the days go by as they're traveling back to Jackson. Then we cut to the truck smoking with the hood up. Ellie's looking at her uh, bite from the infected. Uh, and then Joel says, well, she got us close enough. We got to walk the rest of the way. It's about a five-hour hike, but we can manage that. Remember? Ellie says, yeah. And we cut to them walking. Then Joel is just yapping away. He says, you know, Sarah and I used to hike like this all the time. I wouldn't say it was her favorite thing. She wasn't a fan of the mosquitoes and such, but she was a big climber or scampering. That's probably the right word. That girl, she see a big rock and just, she she would have liked you. Not to say the two of you are the same. Definitely different kids. Ellie says, how so? Well, she was a lot more, I want to say, girly. And I'm not saying that you're not girly. Ellie says, I'm not. And Joel says, yeah, you're not. That's not in the game. So that she was taller. She had a killer smile. Again, not saying that you don't. But you know why? You know why I think she'd like you? Ellie says, why? Because you're funny. Women aren't funny. And then Joe, and then he says, you would have made her laugh. Anyway, I bet you would have liked her back. Ellie says, yeah, bet I would have. Then they go get to the outskirts of the settlement. Joel says, there you go. Not so much further now. Ellie says, hey, wait. And she says, fuck. And she's like, you know, trying to get herself together. She says, back in Kansas City, you asked me about the first time I killed someone. When I got bit at the mall, I wasn't on my own. My best friend was there and she got bit too. We didn't know what to do. And she says, we can just wait it out, be all poetic and just lose our minds together. And then she did. And then I had to, her name was Riley and she was the first one to die. And then it was Tess and then Sam. And Joe says, that's not on you. Ellie says, I know. Joe says, look, sometimes things don't work out the way we hope. You can feel like like you come to an end and you don't know what to do next. But if you just keep going, you'll find something new to fight for. And maybe that's not what Ellie says, cuts him off and says, swear to me, swear to me, swear to me, um, swear to me that everything you said about the fireflies is true. Joe says, I swear. And Ellie nods her head and says, okay. And that's the end of season one. Veronica, please share your thoughts with me on the uh, hospital massacre and uh, subsequent moments. Uh, the hospital massacre. I don't know. How do, do you think it... I would have liked a little bit more kind of pushback from these fireflies being massacred. Um, I did think, you know, in the official podcast, they do talk about how um, Joel's biggest strength in this kind of situation is that he dissociates, disassociates, and then is able to kind of 
be very calm in a way that's um that a normal person would be panicked and you know yeah. uh missing because they're kind of you know that clouds one's judgment and being able to kill and all these things and i think that this is maybe more than any other part of the series kind of like the tension or interesting kinds of comparisons you might have between uh, a first person shooter game and you know a tv show um yeah I, the, the kind of the meeting of the surgeon and then the surgeon thinking that he has a chance he's just not very not none of the fireflies are very smart in how they're trying to take down joel you know right. the surgeon the moment he says i'm on hooker he says you're not taking her anywhere he's got this puny scalpel in comparison yeah. to joel's gun it's just like um i i, I feel like this is maybe I think there's some restraint and the way that the faces of the victims are shown mm -hmm. is, is making an attempt to humanize these, uh, you know, what otherwise would just be sort of like NPCs mm -hmm. in the video game. I wish that there was a little more. Um, yeah. It's really, this is like that kind of the point where it's like so much happens so quickly uh, in this moment. I think that, you know, that followed by the scene where then again, Joel is like talking too much and something's wrong. <laughs> why is Joel talking so much? And why is he lying and shit and like all yeah. these different things that are really suspicious. And right. it's obvious that, um, well, it's obvious that Ellie knows what's going on, what's up. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to have to ask him outright. Um, I, I think that, you know, Maybe this is the scene that I have the most trouble with is like the massacre in the hospital and the subsequent kind of like talk with Marlene, which I feel like um, how close are those to the ways that they are shown in the it's game? It's pretty close. It's pretty yeah. like uh, it's almost word for word. Like when I mentioned that Marlene in the game said she could get raped. I was like, God, yeah. like, you know, yeah. It is something even Joel doesn't even say when they're out, you know, when we get to uh, what is that episode uh, before they get to Kansas City where she's like, well, there's no infected out here. Yeah, right. but there's people that want to do worse shit, you right. know, you know, um, in the game, like it's a it's a couple of waves of people in that hospital trying to right. get. And. You're like, I mean, as as a typical games is like are like you got to save the princess yeah and you got to do whatever you got to do and these people are shooting at me i'm going to shoot back right and in the game i was with this girl for almost like 16 possibly like 20 hours and stuff i'm saving that girl and i no. killed everybody and i didn't even think about it I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm killing. And I was like, no, these people are shooting at me. Uh, I have my objective to finish this game is to get that girl from out of surgery. Because nobody says shit about her having to get killed to find this cure, to get this vaccine. And um, the late, the doctor from what, what's our, what's our, uh, place where it, what what town is it what country is it from episode two 
The uh, which no, actor? No, which no. character? Oh, the oh, okay. Yeah, yes, yes. At the very beginning of the cold open, where we're um, in a Southeast Asian country. Um, yeah, she said there was there was no cure. Jakarta, maybe. Jakarta, yeah. Let me make sure. I think you're right, though. Um, Indonesian, yeah. Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that that scientist and that doctor. She said there's no cure. There's no yeah. vaccine. But then that was 20 years ago. And you think like the fireflies aren't going to be they don't have the capability to to use a vaccine and all that. I mean, well, to, the bedside to manner is available. terrible. The bedside yeah. manner of the fireflies are uh, really leave something to be desired. I don't know what kinds right. of meals Ellie was getting, but mm-hmm. it's like not good. It's not good service. <laughs> because it's hospital in in the game now in part two there's a flashback of marlene talking to the doctor about what has to be done mm-hmm. so and the only way to do it is to kill her and what they did in the in on the tv show was like try to break it down and say, yeah, we're gonna get this vaccine. We doing this, we right. doing that. They they were being very methodical about saying like this is how we're going to save her to make the audience, oh no, to manipulate the audience and be like Joel was wrong for doing that because they could have saved humanity and blah blah blah. blah. But everybody yeah. knows and like what Neil Druckmann said and when they play tested the game, uh the people who did not have children were like, you know, kind of split on whether they would, Joel was right uh, for killing everybody, but everybody who had a kid who play tested the game was like, Oh yeah, Joel was right. Like a hundred percent. Like he was right for killing everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, like obviously it brings up these kind of, these kinds of moral issues and questions. But that's the thing. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the key kind of thing that they want to get to. And it feels like they're rushed to get to that kind of debate rather than maybe, I don't know, uh, character development of like, okay, well, what are, what's the investment of these fireflies? And, you know, like, what are they doing in this community? Is, are they, I, I kind of, I have no sense, you know, if they're like complete char- charlatans, yeah. if they are zealots, you know. Um, yeah, they're blowing up stuff, not caring who's yeah. around, uh, you know. Uh, but then we know within a group, there's different types of affiliations, different types of political factions within one group, right? Right. right. So you don't know if this individual, you know, I, I know we're going to learn more about the people that are killed here later on in the storytelling. Um but, you know, like we don't have a sense of that here. And maybe that's the point is that, you know, is. Yeah. this is going to be a regrettable moment that there was no character development of these uh, folks at this point. And maybe there's a reason that there isn't. Um, it's the most black and white other than David, the cannibal rapist. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. This, yeah. like a villain can be right. Um, but if we're not going to have the villain kind of like characterization, I did want like a moment of like, and I know just like a little bit more room for Pedro Pascal to like show a little bit of like the effect or development that's going on with Joel or something. I don't well, know. You do like it's interesting because in the game, even though it's CGI, and you can look at this in the the remaster what they did with part one. You can't you can't see my face. You can see my face, Veronica, but 
Joe was like, when she says, like, swear to me, like that you're not lying to me. And Joe was like, I, I swear. Like he, he was like, he was almost like, yeah. He was like, he was like, uh it took him a second to Oh, answer. so it's all, more obvious that he's lying. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you know that Joe, you know that Ellie, when she's in the car, she's in the truck and she turns away, she knows something. She just doesn't know to what extent. And yeah. you see that question comes up in part two. And that's the reason why there's so much, why Ellie on the cover of the video game is looking like a fucking angry monster. Why she looks like, you know, when when David bloodied up her nose by, you know, banging her up against that jail cell or whatever. Um, part of me, a lot of me, and a lot of people in this debate, like recent recent don't think about COVID-19 like will you save what you see how people acted right we're more civilized and we're not uh, uh as desperate as everybody is in that show but you could just see the factions of people that I'm not getting vaccinated there's people that still die of COVID-19 because they don't want to get vaccinated sure. and what do you can you can you really count on Fedra to give out the proper information right. you right. can you can you do you think that the fireflies are going to hoard it to try to make themselves right our like in that world save who just keep those people sure. close. like you think about family that's when you really do start to think about family and um the community of people like that that are like jackson there's probably other places like that around the a release around the world, you know, but around when we think about America, we think about, you know, we think about America or whatever, but mm-hmm. there, there's probably people that are living civilized, like the, the couple that we have in Wyoming that are outside of. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. You know. And it is a thing of like, okay, if this is like a proper medical research question, some observation before splitting her head open and just right. like opening it right. up. Yeah. <laughs> like just, some like, kind well, of, there's no such thing as medical consent anymore. Of like, yeah, like you know, it's all bullshit. Her. Yeah, because they knew she probably wouldn't have. Well, she, who knows? I mean, that's the well, thing. And, and that, oh, shit, I don't want to spoil the fucking. At this point, at this point in the story, who knows? And that decision know. is made for her by <laughs> Marlene, and then the decision is made for her by Joel. Right. Um. And the thing is, neither of them is saying. Ellie, these are the options, or this is the choice I made for you. No mm-hmm. one's being straight with her. No one's like telling her exactly what the situation is. Right. They're just making choices for her. And that's the whole thing, right? It's like protection, but it's also infantilizing because she's not an actual person to you then. Yeah. She has no right to make her own decisions. Right. Because they know if she didn't want to, because the plans that they were making, the plans that they're making, like what I told you, like, you know, um, what, what I wanted to talk about later once we got to this part, oh, I'm going to teach you how to do the guitar. I'm going to teach you this. I'll go wherever you want me to go. We just got to do this one thing. I'm going to yeah. drop off this sample. Then we go kick it in Jackson. And you teach me how to play the guitar. That's what I thought that she, that's how I felt about Ellie. Like, she's just kind of like. Yeah, she's a 14 year old. And even Joel, 14. who's smarter, should have yeah. done better didn't so 
And it goes, what did, and then like, I didn't get to talk about this with you. I talked about it with Rod. When she puts the blood on, on Sam, Mm -hmm. she, I don't know if that's her thinking that she's going to do anything that it can help. Or is that just a child's? What did you think about that? It's like, what's a science education? One would hope that it'd be better in federal school than it is. But, you know, she's also 14. It's yeah. the optimism. It's like right. the kind of like human bias we have towards optimism, oh. um, even despite ourselves sometimes. Um, and also her like taking on this kind of guilt that's yeah. not hers to take. Um, there's no way that she could have done anything. I think it's a mixture of both of like, developing how like ellie's got this burden of feeling like she's a superhero even though she has no actual skills to realize that yeah um and then also just not understanding like that kind of hope and desire taking over uh logic Mm -hmm. um so it's like the child's mind but then it's also like the optimism of humans that are cornered and have hope for a possible future um so I think yeah. it's a mix of both. I, I agree. I agree. I, I just wanted to see what you thought about that since we were on that. Yeah, it, it's you got these people. You're special, Ellie. You got yeah. three, three grownups. Yeah, Captain Kwong. She's uh, special. Yeah. But Marley. Joel thinks she's special because she's Ellie. Right. Not because you, you talk about love being this like dangerous thing like the the dangers of unconditional love and how it can corrupt us but I don't it's know. also like a paternal love or yeah. a love that's like in the same kinds of ways if we think of the david example right mm-hmm. these people are so stupid they just want a father and a leader yeah you know and so i'm going to provide that for them even though i don't believe in the doctrine that i am preaching right um and so, you know, it's the how similar that might be to being a parent of like wanting to protect your child. At the same time, you are not giving them agency to grow into their own individuality and make their own choices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like it's not only love can be damaging in those ways, but also like love can um, and the need and desire to protect can really hamper or kind of limit your imagination about you know what this person is capable of you know that i mean i had that i think with my i think with both my parents they they definitely supported me and i don't think it my dad my mother when she when she'd be mad at my dad she would say your father used to i used to be excited to see your plays in high school and your dad used to say, we ain't going to be nothing. And because my dad, would, they would come to the shows, but my dad wanted me to play football. He wanted me to play right. sports. Right. But it wasn't until like when I was in college, my freshman year, we did this. Um, this is one of my Al Bundy moments where mm-hmm. I reminisce on uh, my acting career. Some of the highlights. We did this production of The Misanthrope by Moliere and... uh I played the, I played, uh, the Harpagon was this misanthropic guy who was rich and didn't have any friends, but he was in love with this woman named, I think Celeste. Anyway, I played his best friend and his lawyer. And it wasn't until like my dad, I think he knew I, he knew I was talented, but 
he uh when he saw that he was like oh this is this is who my son is this is him in college and at a high level he's only been at school for like two two months and now he's in this play and he's like really doing his thing and that's when he just kind of you know started to believe and really like understand like oh this is my son this is who yeah. I yeah stop seeing you as a shadow of himself or something yeah yeah and my and he would even he would even say that like he would say you know yeah you know I wanted you to play sports I don't know if that's on my if that's in the podcast that he and I did like 10 years ago now but like I don't know if if that's but he would admit he admitted to me where he said yeah I just I was living through my through you uh, you know he would say yeah. that it's well, also problem. like you want to be able to relate and be, yeah. you know, understand where this person yeah. is in life or what their interests are. That makes sense. Right. You know, so it was just like when I when I think of that, I mean, I don't have any kids, yeah. but I I was with Ellie for 20 hours and I grew to care about her. And there's no way you're taking her away from me. Yeah. I'll put the consequences later, but you're not killing this girl because y'all really don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right. And you don't want her to be the experiment. Right. At the same time, taking away her ability to make that choice is going to lead to a very angsty child. <laughs> you and, know, and uh, that's a great point. And you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to make the choices for the child because then mm-hmm. they're going to resent you and yep. they they're going to hate you. Um, and especially if you're dishonest about that and, you know, which is what we're ending this season with Joel being dishonest. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you hit the nail on the head and that's, I mean, kind of what happens in part two, like the, and it doesn't come till you've, yeah, that happens in part two. Yeah, it makes sense because you yeah. can even see it at this moment. Like she turns away. Right. She's like, I understand what is happening. Um, you know, she she doesn't know it before, but she's a kid that is able to read situations and read people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and she has to in order to survive. She's had to. Right. Um, it's the same kind of thing that people that come up in like abusive households know how to read other people's mm-hmm. moods because their survival depends on it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's I now uh, about the massacre in the hospital. It was kind of elegant how they did, how they did yeah, it. I yeah. was I was impressed. I was like, oh, this is how they're gonna do it without showing all that violence uh, and not being too enamored with the violence. Yeah, because you know? something you think about like scenes and like Hong John Kong action Wick, or yeah. Face Off or something or John Wick, you know. Um, where it's like so stylized and in a way that's beautiful. It was sort of also muted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's all you, you didn't really need. You didn't really need that much to be honest. Like you just, yeah. Just show us, you know, like, you know, it, it I think Pedro Pascal is, he's amazing. They're both doing so much acting. They're both like great. the physicality, like the ways that um, Bella Ramsey is able to convey so much. Um, her body, oh, her laugh mm-hmm. is infectious. Um, and you still get to see that kid in her. Now, 
I'm excited to see the shift in part two. That's kind of like that. Because it's almost like she's going to try on these uh, a different persona. I don't want to spoil. I'm excited to see her be a, and a, a grown up. Yeah, the process, a, a, all a this that she's adult. gone through. Yeah. yeah. I, and um, I think they got the I, I they got the right person. People keep saying, "Oh, are they going to recast?" No. All you got to do is to get the main her main antagonist to be bigger than her, and that's really all you need. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't need to be. And it, you, it's not that's not going to be hard. And the people that they've that the fans and other people have like said, oh, this person should play the X, the main antagonist. And you're like, oh, yeah, hmm. that looks good. You know, and hmm. in the world of the of the show, it doesn't you just have to have suspension of disbelief anyway. Um, That this person can do what they're that this person's going to, you know, like. I'll show you, you've seen is going to turn like that. She's going to turn into this. I don't even know if you can see like, yeah, turn yeah. into this. Uh, Chris is showing me a figurine, a very angry Ellie. Ellie with a machete. <laughs> and when you see it, like when they, I remember when they showed the trailer. Ooh, oh, God, never mind. It was just, a, it was just like, wow. And I don't know. I, I think it's, Chris can hardly contain himself how excited he is for part two. I am very excited. <laughs> I think, you know, to see Bella do what she's going to do uh, next season. Um, I'm excited. And now you can watch Game of Thrones, Chris, where you see both of these characters. I know. I'm gonna have, yeah, I'm going to have to go back. You, you can know. do this. You can do it. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I never had an aversion to it, to that okay. show. It was just something that I just didn't. I was like, I. it's cool that other people like it. and Yeah. Just not my thing. I'm not the biggest sci-fi person, but I wouldn't say it's sci-fi. Fantasy, I guess. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy. Ish. Yeah, totally fantasy. Yeah. yeah. But uh we'll talk about it off mic. Do you have do you have any other thoughts on this? I mean, because we pretty much I just don't like, you know, I've been alluding to this the whole time. I just don't like people just trying to find to to try to have moral supremacy over something like this where it's like we're talking about my kid Uh, i just don't see the point honestly in debating like the kind of moral parts of it um i i just i see it as a provocative piece of media that gets people talking about these things um and that's interesting for that but as far as like oh what i've done with john i don't i don't see why (laughs) i would talk about that um you know uh to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all, cause I always think about it and I've said it in conversations that I've had with Rod and other people that have played the game. It's just like, save what? Yeah. What humanity? Well, there's that. And then it's just like, this is interesting for the kinds of questions it raises. So you do that. Okay. If, if Joel had let her die, had, and then what happens and then it's a completely wasted thing and then that destroys joel you know and you know what what kinds of stories could you tell from that um what kinds of stories can you tell from joel telling her about the fact that he had done this what kinds of stories can you tell with joel not telling her so it's more like what are the 
conditions and criteria? What kinds of conditions can you set up to tell an interesting story? Um, right. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, this. Oh, and I was gonna say. I guess maybe I. I would. I would say like my little needle drop that I have to get in. Yeah. I talked about and this and it kind of like. St. Vincent has this record that was called, that's called Pieta. And it was, um, you know, the Pieta is like Mary holding, you know, Jesus. Um, There's a statue mm. of Mary uh, holding Jesus. I think it's like when Jesus is like dying or whatever. Okay. And um, it's a song about, that's basically about her father leaving her mother this is what genius says. I don't know how a hundred percent true it is, but it's like showing her being like at a pool with her father at the holiday inn. And as she says, like the bapt baptizing the shallow end of a holiday inn, limbs dangled over my paw, like an inverse pieta. So instead of facing her head, facing her dad's face, it would be mm -hmm. an inverse, like he's trying to put her in the water to make her swim. So it's the opposite of that. And it's like the chorus is like, is Mother Nature cried, you are Leviathan, my child. You are Leviathan inside. And it's almost like that kind of points to like everybody. So you got like David saying she's got an evil, what evil heart or some shit. Violent heart. Some like violent yeah. heart. Violent yeah. heart like a violent heart. It makes me, it just, every time somebody, and I use this in mayor of East town too. Like when somebody's holding somebody, like I, for some reason, I think of that song. I'm not, oh. I, may be, I may not be a hundred percent right, but at the end of mayor of East town, hmm. when I, I was like, um, mayor is holding her best friend. And I just, for some reason, think about that record. And it's, it's a, it's really just like a beat. It's a, off a 10 inch. But it just made me, and then with this one, like Leviathan, it's like there's something inside Ellie that is gonna get awakened, hmm. and it's um, and like I think of Joel carrying her out of the hospital, like there's almost like what do you could isn't there a term called baptism by fire or mm -hmm. trial by fire? I've heard of trial by fire, but I don't think a baptism by fire is a term. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I feel like that may be something. Yeah, but, baptizing by fire. A difficult or painful new undertaking or experience. Says, uh, dictionary, yeah. Oxford Dictionary. And it's literal, like we were talking about. She's in the hell, yeah. David, and all that. She's transformed by that. Um, hmm. I mean, I think of that imagery when I see uh, Joel carrying her out of the yeah. hospital and thinking of like, classic western iconography mm -hmm. the cowboy saving the, the damsel in distress whatever it might be and you know he's got the hidden holster get the hidden gun in order to yeah. trick marlene mm -hmm. uh, and disarm her so i don't know i think that for me it's also this thing of like uh the consequences the cowboy will face for the decisions yes. he's made oh yeah definitely and they didn't linger on that dead doctor for nothing. They lingered on some random dead person face, though. I don't. Did they linger on the doctor's face? They did I'm, a little bit with the mm -hmm. bullet in his head. Okay. 
They did linger on a random dead guy, but uh Yeah, I remember the random dead guy. Yeah, somebody tried to allude to the fact that there was somebody looking at Joel kill those people. Oh, interesting. I don't know if that was a stretch, but yeah. I'd have to look at that part again. But uh That was like that thing where people were saying in White Lotus there was a camera when uh there was yeah. yeah. I think there was. I think there was. But anyway, it's also these like details that like okay, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I'm and this is kind of a stretch. But when I mentioned the St. Vincent record, but I always think about that. And I don't think it's too far fetched, but you could you could definitely make connections like Leviathan is a is a sea monster. It's a monster nonetheless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait for people to play. I think people more people. More people, if you like this show and you play video games, you can get the game on PlayStation. It's best to get it on PlayStation 5 or PC coming out in a couple weeks. And then if you play The Last of Us Part 2, I mean, you'll you'll see. It's a it's a beautiful mess. Mm-hmm. But I love I love it. I love that game. Mm-hmm. So um is there anything more that we can I, say about I think this? we we did it. We did, we did it. I think we did it. We'll have to face the consequences for decisions, having done it. Right, right, right. But it was fun to do it with you, Chris. Yeah, this was so much fun. I I, I knew that I picked the, you were my first choice. And um, I don't know if I would have done it if I you didn't do it. So, so this was really fun to get to uh, to chat with you about this. Yes. Like this. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time. I hope. And we've been getting some nice comments. We've been been getting like some listens and stuff. And uh some people are more vocal than others about, you know, them liking it or not. But sure. I'm I had fun and I really, you know, wasn't like, oh, what's this person? What's this podcast saying about it? What's that? You know, I listen to the the same YouTube channels that I would listen to after watching a show that I liked, you know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really like, oh, I can do, you know. I'm I like I mentioned before, I hate a little bit on people that get to have the creators on their show, but I mean it is what it is. That that's just a um like it could happen someday. It could happen someday for Chris and the mundane festival. Or maybe I'll just be on mm-hmm. one of those fucking shows. Yeah. Be- yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole point of this whole thing, gang. Is- <laughs> No, to not to Chris be on the show. No, no, on no, no, the no. official podcast on the show. No, no, no. It's a, the the point. I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Well, then there you go. To talk to you about this, and uh, and just have a good time talking about it, and uh, hope people en- enjoy it. That's really the goal for this, and I think I I had fun and mission accomplished for me. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you all had fun listening and thank you for listening. Uh, We know you have many options to choose from for Last of Us content. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Everyone's talking about this. Are you you Um, reading from a a, a script? (laughs) We know you have many options. We we know you have plenty of options to choose from and we appreciate you flying with the Mundane Festival. All right. Episode 10 of. uh, Brickmasters podcast, uh, a subsidiary of the Mundane Festival. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, maybe I'll go on a, l- a slight break, not for the Patreon people. If you're a Patreon person, uh, there's 
about 20 plus minutes of me doing stand-up in uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. It's great. Even though he starts with like 10 minutes making fun of uh, Mexican restaurants, it's still good. What? I didn't make- it's still good. You know, Chris isn't racist. <laughs> Just Shots <not>. fired. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody.